Welcome back to Aliyah Yami. Today we're going to be learning together Vayetzei Sheni, the second Aliyah in Parshas Vayetzei. Our Aliyah is on the topic of the well and the stone. It is 17 sukkim long, running from Perak Choftes, Pasuk Aleph to Yud Zayin. Let's take a look at a summary of this Aliyah, an overview, and then we'll take some points to ponder. So Yaakov now ra- starts walking, he journeys towards the Arts of Kedem, the land of the east. And he arrives at a field where there's a well in the field, and three shepherds in this, and their flocks are busy crouching, waiting by this this well. But there's a large rock over the face of the, of the well. So the way it would usually work is that all of the shepherds would gather together, and they would roll off the rock, and thereby feed their sheep. So he comes to them, and he says to them, where are you from? They say, from Haran, actually. And he says, oh, well, do you know Lavon, the son of Nahor, the son of Nahor, or the grandson of Nahor? And they said, yes, we do. He says, Ashalom Loy, is there peace to him? They said, he is, there is peace. And look, Rachel's daughter is coming with the, with the flocks. And uh, he, then he asks them, wait a second, you know, it's still the middle of the day, not the time to bring everybody back. Why don't you just feed the, the animals and, and go and pasture them? So they say, we were not able to because we need everybody here to pull off this rock and to roll it off, and we're not able to do this. While they're speaking, in walks Rachel, and she was a ro'ah, she was a shepherdess, and as Rachel, as Yaakov sees Rachel, um, he he uh, he immediately comes and he pu- pushes off the rolls off this large stone, and he feeds all the flocks of Lavan the um, he, from from his uncle. Yaakov then kisses Rachel and he raises his voice and cries and explains to her that really they're related that that he is the son of Rivka and she is the daughter of Lavan, therefore they're really cousins. When Lavan hears about this, he runs out and he goes and he hugs and he kisses and Yaakov and he brings him into the house and and uh, and he tells Lavan the whole story what's happened in the last number of decades and Lavan says, "Atzmi besoriyata yomav my own body and flesh. You should stay with us." He tells him to stay for a month and after a month he says, "Well, he says you shouldn't have to work for nothing. Tell me what what your." Uh, what your wages are. So at this point in time, we are, we hear that Lavan has two daughters. The eldest one, his name is Leah. The younger one, his name is Rachel. And Leah has ra- the eyes which are rakois, which are soft. And Rachel was beautiful in appearance. So we're about to hear about what Yaakov is about to ask for in terms of his wages, which is going to be the hand of his daughter Rachel in marriage, which will be the next Aliyah. Few points to ponder in our Aliyah. Number one is where is this land of the east? So Rachel Makarish points out that he was trying to reach Haran, which is up northern Syria area, but he did not get there yet. He arrived at this area of um, Arzab and Kedem, which was fortuitous. It was providential in the in that he was able to meet Rachel before he had he he actually met Lavan. Now, why was a stone over the well in the first place? Why was this the practice? Surely they should have just removed the stone and allowed easy access to the water. So the Rashbam explains it was there to prevent people from falling into the well, so accidents happening, or perhaps to prevent other groups of people from using and drying up their well. So that's why it was there, but it required community effort to be able to move it and put it back. So why is Yaakov getting involved in their work hours? He asks them, well, it's not the middle of the day, and you should be working. Like, Is this really his his prerogative? It's really his duty to be policing people? So Rashi says, yeah, he was concerned that they were working for money and they were wasting time. And this foreigner extends this idea and he says that Tzadik cannot see injustice and just leave it. You really, if, you, if you're really concerned about injustice, you, if you see it, you're going to say something. And that's what Yaakov Yavir is saying. He can't. His sense of honesty, his sense of justness is, is, is too bolate, is too...
expressed. The Arachal Makarish says perhaps a different direction is that he was concerned for the well-being of the animals. Look, you're all busy hanging out here. The animals clearly need to drink. They need to eat. So sort them out. What are you doing? Why are you wasting time? Another question. Why is Rachel a shepherd? Isn't it interesting? Um, later on, we're going to hear about the, the sons of Lavan. But at this point, we don't hear about it. We just hear about Rachel. She's the second daughter. Why is she the shepherd? So Rachel Makarish presents two possibilities. One is... He must have really had a very, very small flock of sheep at this point in time, which is going to be important to contrast it to what happens afterwards, after Yaakov Avinu's involvement in his sheep for 20 years. He's going to be a, a, a very, very lucratively rich person. That's as a function of Yaakov's involvement. But right now, he had enough sheep that his youngest daughter could take them out. That shows you how uh, how much of a, a shift in um, in fortune he has. And that also could be that Lavan used witchcraft to understand, and he saw that Rachel would be, a, would be the right person for being a shepherdess and so he knew that she'd be the right person that's why he put her in such a position as well um, and which was it was specific to her expertise now another question how could he just roll the stone off himself the Ramban says um, this episode that Hashem uh, that those who hope in Hashem will um, be have renewed strength Yaakov in her trust in Hashem is able to do this Ravesh points out that this whole idea over here, this whole aliyah, is emphasizing that Yaakov may not have come in with money. He may not have had the money as, uh, necessary for the marriage that he's asking for, but he does have three, hundred, three other um, characteristics. One is strength, one is a sense of justice, and one is a sense of positivity. So these are the three things which he has in lieu of money, and sometimes these are actually much more important than the money that somebody may come into marriage with. Well, now, another question, what is the meaning of this whole episode? This, the, the, the three shepherds, the, the sheep, the well, the stone. What, what's going on over here? So Kleyako says, the three shepherds hint to the three leaders in the um, in the history who found their wives by the well, Yitzchak, Yaakov, and Moshe. It could also be the three shepherds are hint to the three partners in the creation of a human being, the father and the mother and Hashem. Um, Chazal have different ways of looking at it. They say that the well is represented is, as the Mikdash, the, or perhaps Har Sinai. The Ramban famously says that this is a remez, it's a hint to the future where Yaakov and his children are going to the base of the Mikdash, a place where they draw from it Ruach HaKodesh three times a year, those divine spirit. They have this divine inspiration three times a year when they go up to visit the base of the Mikdash. That's the three Adarim. Then from the base of the Mikdash is where they draw up this inspiration. Another question, why did he kiss her? Why did he cry? So let's start first as first. Why did he kiss her? Rav Hirsch says he, he, uh, that he was, uh, he was kissing her because he has been wandering now in the wilderness looking for family. He's, an, he's essentially a refugee from his own brother. His father doesn't understand his plight. His mother's going to send his son message only in many years' time to stir that it's going to be safe to come back. And he's, he's all by himself. And then he sees this vision of this, this, this beautiful young woman who clearly resembles, there must be some sort of family resemblance, as suggestor of Hirsch, and she looks very much like his own mother. And this is sort of that, that, that sense of finding somebody who's very precious to you and realizing their family right away, that's why he kissed her. He kissed her as a cousin. This wasn't uh, this wasn't some sort of uh, um, you know uh, manly kind of flirting. This was a, a, a this was his loneliness being expressed, which is why he cries as well. Rashi says he cries also because of you know, more intuitively he knew that he would not be able to be buried with her. Rachel would not be buried in Arasamachpela. Another thing is also he cries because he came in empty-handed, Rashi suggests, is that he has nothing to really give her. Unlike Eliezer, when Eliezer came, Eliezer had so many good things to give and gifts to give to, to Rivka and to her whole family. 
Now the question, why is Lavan running out? Rashi says that's precisely the point. Lavan remembers when Eliezer came, there were all kinds of goodies for him and his family. So he felt, oh, this is a perfect opportunity, and that's why he's hugging him and kissing him. He's trying to work out where all the money is. Where, where, where's the credit card hiding? That's what Lavan is worried about when it comes to this. He sees his daughter as a vehicle to perhaps uh, getting more riches like his, like his uh, sister was. Finally, one last question that's earlier that we're going to focus on is why do we need to know the difference between the appearances of the two sisters? Sarah Chaim HaKadosh says um, uh, that, that this is to, as a premonition to show that it wasn't so easy for a Lavan to even switch them. They didn't even look alike. So it, it emphasizes the fact that Lavan had to work really hard to create the trickery that he would in the next Aliyah. Chazal said that, in fact, she knew that she was intended for the older of the two children of Yaakov and Rivka. She knew she was intended to, to marry um, Esav, and Rachel was intended to marry Yaakov. That being the case, she cried in defiance, and she would spend all her time praying that this would not be the case. Rav Soloveitchik goes on to, to, to say that Lavan could not have got away with tricking Yaakov without at least Leah's complicity, perhaps even co-conspiracy. But this shows you the level of independence and the level of defiance she was against her status quo. Leah was not a person who would go gently into that good night. She wanted to change her fate, her destiny, and that's why this expression of her is a, is, is a statement of great assertiveness and strength of character as well. With this, we close the Aliyah. In the meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful day.